<clears throat> We've all heard the expression and probably used the expression ourselves that say that everybody has their own set of lenses as we look at life, its events, and its experiences, and we draw conclusions and meanings to help us navigate the day-to-day -day unfolding of life for us and around us. And then we also add another expression that says we, we have our own set of hearing aids, sort of help us filter the barrage of information that comes to us from all kinds of sources today. And we sort out what we need and what we believe keeps us more or less sane and what eventually has some kind of significance for, for life. I think that those two expressions are also true of what we see and what we hear that have implications for our faith life, our, our journey of faith as disciples of God. And so when we read or hear the Word of God, these hearing aids and lenses come into play. We know because we are so in touch with the Word of God, we know the Word of God is rich and it's complex. Sometimes it seems very simple and very accessible and we wonder why wouldn't everyone see it the way I see it or hear it the way I hear it. At other times it's comforting and challenging and what is comforting for one might not be comforting for another. Jesus didn't publish uh, scripture for dummies. And so we, we all hear the word in a different way. And we understand it in a different way. And it helps all of us as well. And during this Easter season, we have proclaimed and we have heard some of the most profound and engaging passages of Scripture. The Easter season is filled with these texts. And they, they stirred our souls. They really did. They lifted our spirits at a time in life, both personally and as a community, when we needed to be refreshed and renewed. At every spring, we thank God for the Easter season. And on a day like today, when Mother Nature gifts us with color and sun and freshness, just the Word of God and Mother Earth are, just seem to be on, as it were, the same page. Take today's Gospel, for example. We could, if we had the time, an open discussion on what does it mean to be branches? And what does it mean to be attached to the vine? And so we aren't going to do that. But if at home, those of you joining us in live streaming, if you want to just mute the rest of my homily, that's okay. 
and you could talk to each other if you're with somebody else about what all of this means. But you can hang in as well. And so there, there has been in, in other times a, a common understanding of this passage, hearing God's disappointment in the failure of the branches. That would be us. Branches that don't bear fruit. And God sets about pruning. And you know what pruning is. And so, since we are the branches, it's not a pleasant experience to contemplate. There's all that cutting and breaking and throwing into the pile and then setting on fire. In times past, a lot of preachers might have loved this passage when we used to speak about preachers who were fire and brimstone preachers. And they would have loved this passage and taken that particular interpretation. So we ask, is, is that all we see here? Is that all we hear in this passage? Because if it is, what can I do? How can I be better in order to bear fruit and live? And above all, avoid the fire. So guilt and discouragement enters into our thinking and self-defeating thoughts overwhelm us. And maybe I can never even be sure if I'm bearing fruit, let alone much fruit. This is not a good form of motivation to live a better faith-filled life. If I'm, always, if I'm always unsure, if I'm bearing fruit, let alone much fruit, where does my energy come from that Jesus speaks about in the Gospel? So might we see and hear these words of Jesus in another way? Because he does say, you are already pruned because of the word that I spoke to you. I've already done the work ahead of you. You are not dead branches, but living. He says, I am, you are. There's like no ambiguity in Jesus' statement. And I think it's good to hear that and to think about that. John, in this Gospel text, goes on to recount Jesus saying the word remain eight times in these few sentences. Eight times Jesus uses the word remain in me as I remain in you. It's a remarkable statement of abiding, a statement of promise, a statement of embrace. And John, who is also credited with the, as being the author of the second reading, has a similar statement. Those who keep Jesus' commandments remain in him, and he in them. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he gave us. Not the spirit that he's holding out. Not the spirit that's a future transmission of a spirit 
That's now. So this is not the image of a Christ who patrols the vineyard with a large pair of hedge clippers threatening to cut us off from the vine, the very source of our life in God. This is the image of Christ who continues to nourish and to shape us because left on our own, we can get it wrong and give up. And of course, we need some of that ongoing reshaping and pruning that keeps us flourishing. Jesus says, that's what the Father did to him, taking away every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And we, well, what about Christ wasn't bearing fruit? We don't know, but Jesus seems to think that the Father was doing some pruning in his life as well. So we're in good company. So the love of the Father for the Son is the same love that the Son has for us. It is a love that abides and remains. The Hebrew word for prune could also be translated to make clean, to make clean. And so this text in John's Gospel is from the account of his teaching at the Last Supper. And so context is important. We recall that it was in John's Gospel that he washed the feet of his disciples. And he had that little discussion with Peter about making him clean all over. And so he was pruning them for ministry. They will remain in him if he gets to do the pruning of them. The message of this gospel is that we are the channels. We are the branches that give life to other branches. It's hard on a, on a uh, vine of grapes. It's hard to find the end of a branch. And if you do, you know, if you come back the following year, there are other ends because the branches keep reaching out. Bearers of life we are that the risen Christ pours into us from God through us to others. So I think it's really about how we see and how we hear and how we think. Is God always out to get us or is God always out to love us? I think we will be better disciples when we are excited about being alive and being fruitful rather than worrying about being broken and helpless.